Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, happy whatever day it is that you are listening uh, to this podcast. Happy December. It is holiday season um, and we are for sure in the thick of it. I wanted to say welcome or welcome back if you are a regular listener to the Comb Education podcast. Let's talk hair. Um, I'm super excited for this week's episode because I think this is something that at some point in our career we have struggled with. And I want to share some perspective, as usual, to Hot Roots, okay? Um, For those of you who are new here, the Combed Education podcast, Let's Talk Hair, is not just about talking hair. We talk about hair color, hair color theory, chemistry, social media, business, salon life, hairdresser life, like all of the things that um, are relevant to us as stylists, all of the lessons that I've learned in my over two decades in this industry, um, I share with you, right? My goal, this is a contribution for this industry from me. This is my passion project, combed education as a whole. So the podcast, the blog, the fundamentals course, everything that um, I post on social is really to help this industry level up with the lessons that I have learned. Okay. I always say, this is my perspective. This is my understanding. This is my education, what I have learned, what I have come to know. So if it doesn't resonate with you, that's cool. I always, always say, take what works and leave what doesn't. So today let's talk about hot roots because you all know the feeling, right? You wash your client out and you realize, oh shit, the roots are on fire. Cue the anxiety, cue the panic attack, um, and then we like freak out, right? So I want to shed a little bit of light on hot roots today because it's super, super avoidable, especially when you not only know why you're getting hot roots, but more importantly, like what needs to be done to correct and then to avoid in the future. So when it comes to hot roots and in full transparency and all honesty, when it comes to any kind of formulation issue, okay? um, There are three main components that you have to fundamentally understand. Um, These are the fundamentals and this is what the whole fundamentals course shop is about. This is what I coach on, what I teach on. so, so, so important, these three fundamentals and being fully grounded in them. Number one, the canvas, the hair. What is it going to contribute? What is it going to give you? Number two, the levels, the tones, the strengths of the chemicals that you are choosing to use. What are they? What are they going to contribute? And lastly, the fundamentals of color theory. So um, if you're interested in learning more about that, I promise you every formulation issue that you have ever had comes down to one of these three issues and not being fully grounded in them. So let's talk about really quickly what causes hot roots, okay? So there's a few reasons and I wanna go over them today. Number one, your formula is too vibrant. So this is an issue of not understanding the chemicals that you're using or that you're choosing um, for the canvas that you are applying to. So every single tube of oxidative hair color, this is color develop- the color that needs a developer, so not a direct dye. So every single tube of oxidative color typically has background and tone, okay? If you assume 
that you know how much background, how much tone is in there based on your swatch book, based on the manufacturer, based on what your sales rep said, based on something other than you actually knowing, um, you're going to be in big trouble. Because here's the thing, if your formula has too much tone, aka is too vibrant, for the hair that you are using it on, you're going to create hot roots. So your solution, if the problem was caused because there isn't enough background, there isn't enough brown or base to your color. If that's the reason why you got the hot roots, it was too vibrant based on the canvas that you put it on, uh, your solution is to add neutral or brown into your formula. So say you use a formula, it's too vibrant, not enough background, it's a little hollow looking, you know for next time you can use the same formula, just add a little bit more background to it. Finesse your formulas around a little bit. Okay, number two reason why you might be getting hot roots. Your chosen level is too light. And this is a very common mistake a lot of us make, especially when we are transitioning from one line to the next, okay? So likely your level six in this brand, brand X, for example, is not the same as your level six in Y brand. They're not calibrated. There is no like rules on what the depth or tone of a level six should be. So if you use a 6N in Redken and you grab a 6N in Wella, they're going to be a little bit different because what's in the tube is a little bit different, okay? So levels are there for us as a guide, but it is not law. If your level is too light, especially next to your old formula, even if the tone is correct, if the level is too light, it's going to look like hot roots. So I've seen this happen a lot um, where uh, somebody transitions to another color line. And like I said earlier, they were using Redken level six, and now they're using Wella level six. And they're like, oh my God, it's hot roots. Well, no, it's not necessarily hot roots because that part of the roots developed and it's beautiful. It's just the levels were not the same. So if you use the six because you used to use a six and you didn't actually like swatch it to make sure, it could be lighter or it could be darker. Likely it's lighter, which is why you're thinking that you have hot roots. So the solution to this problem is know your color line. Not based off of what I tell you, not based off of what the manufacturer tells you, definitely not based off of what the swatch book tells you, but based off of you knowing and swatching the color. That is going to give you complete control because you know exactly what's in that tube. And then you can compare it to your old color and then you're not going to have an issue. I hope this makes sense. Okay. Yes, it's work, but I would much rather spend the time up front, do all of this watching, figure out exactly what I'm working with so that I can avoid doing redos down the road. That's just me though. Okay. So another reason your uh, formula or your results could end up in a hot root situation. This is uh, not understanding the canvas and what it's going to contribute. And the reason for that hot root happening in this scenario is that the undertone that you created was too strong. The undertone that you created was too strong. Notice the you in what I just said. The undertone that you created was too strong. So if you're not fully grounded in the fundamentals of hair and hair color, okay, 99% of the time when your formulas or results aren't what you expect, it's on you. And I know most of us don't want to hear that, but I promise you it's not 
most likely it's not the manufacturer. I say this often. Manufacturers spend a ton of time, energy, money, resources to make sure that their color works. So when something goes a little weird or wonky on you, it's likely something that you did. There are exceptions. Okay, don't come at me. There are exceptions, but likely it's something that you did. So when we're talking about the undertone that you created was too strong. There's two reasons that that could be happening. One, the level of the color that you chose was too light, which means there was too much alkalinity in that level and not enough deposit, okay? The additional alkalinity in combination with the developer created too much, fractured too much melanin, um, making your undertone too bright and there wasn't enough tone in your color to refine that undertone, leaving it very hot or very warm, okay? So your chosen level was maybe too light, which means that there was more alkalinity and the alkalinity combined with the developer created too much undertone and there wasn't enough deposit in that level, whatever, to mask that undertone and now you have hot roots. Oh shit, right? So the number two reason why this could happen and your undertone being too strong is that the developer you chose was likely too strong. So the higher the developer, the more melanin gets fractured, the more undertone gets created, the more brighter the undertone gets. But also the higher the developer, the more dye molecules in your bowl also fracture or develop and then overdevelop and they, they're done, okay? So a 40 volume will not only create more undertone in the hair, but it will also shear out the deposit of your color. So too strong of a developer, you're left with not only lots of bright undertone, um, but also your color is now sheared out. So you don't have as much strength in the deposit. So when I say the undertone that you created was too strong, one of two reasons is causing that your developer, your level choice, and a combination of those, plus the hair that you're putting it on. Is it fine? Is it medium? Is it coarse? Do they have eumelanin? Do they have pheomelanin? What is it? Like all of these, what was their natural level? All of these things, this is why I say you gotta be grounded in not only the canvas, what it's going to contribute, the chemicals, what they're going to do, and then hair color theory, the laws of color, okay? So your solution for this particular situation, when I say that the undertone you created was too strong, you gotta understand fully the hair that you're working on. And you gotta understand fully the chemicals and their roles before you formulate. And you gotta fully understand color theory. That's like, that's what it comes down to. This is not shit that we were taught in beauty school or even if you were taught it, like I was taught how to formulate in beauty school. It went right over my head. I didn't pay attention. I was taught about chemistry in beauty school. It went right over my head. I didn't care. I just wanted to touch hair, okay? So what happens is you fast forward X amount of years in your career and now you're having all these issues with formulation. You're like, what the fuck? Well, either you were taught it in school and you weren't paying attention or you weren't even taught it in school at all. So this is why I created the Fundamentals Course Shop. This is why I teach on these three main principles of understanding the hair, understanding the chemicals, understanding color theory, because once you get that dialed in, and once that clicks, game over. Like you can take all the technique classes you want, 
And I encourage you to do so, but you still have to formulate. So when you know how to formulate and you understand the fundamentals of formulation, then you can take the technique classes, marry those two together and create beautiful results. And boom, now you're a successful hairdresser. I hope you're picking up what I'm putting down. Okay. So um, number four issue that you could be having uh, hot roots for. A lot of y'all do this. Okay. It's pulling the same bowl of color from roots to ends. Now, depending on where you're at in your career, I have found that colorists who have been around over 10, 15 years tend to do this more than you newbies. Uh, but also colorists who've been around for 10 or 15 years typically use more permanent color. Newbies, you guys are just using Demi because I think you're scared of permanent color and like there is a time and a place. That's a whole nother conversation. So what I mean when I say when you're pulling the same bowl of color from roots to ends, I like lose my shit when I see this, but I have to keep it composed because I know there's a reason you're doing it and that's what works for you works. Okay. So get it. I get it. We're taught to do that. Maybe um, apply the roots, wait 15 minutes, pull the same color through the ends to refresh it. This is a lot of people do this, right? So why is this a bad idea? Glad you asked. Would love to tell you. So number one, and I'm not telling you not to do this. I'm just giving you perspective. You can choose to do what works for you. So number one, the dye molecules in that bowl, after a certain amount of time, they've already formed and they have already developed. So not much deposit is going to be happening at that point because the dye molecules have developed already. Okay. So they're too large. How are they going to get into the hair? They've already developed. Um, number two, the formula and what the hair needs for fresh virgin hair is very, very different than what the hair needs um, on the previously colored ends. So let's say hypothetically, you're doing a redhead gray coverage, right? A level six red, level six neutral covering her gray. That's virgin gray resistant hair. There's white hair in there. So you need the neutral so that you don't get a hollow result. Makes sense. Perfect formula for those roots. Why would you pull that through the ends? A, you don't need color with alkalinity to refresh the ends, okay? B, you don't need brown or neutral to refresh red ends. What that's going to do is going to, over time, cause a brownout. And then when the ends are browned out, the roots are going to look hot. Okay, so what virgin hair needs and what the ends need, two different formulas. So pulling the same color through, I get it, it's easy but it's not gonna last as long and it's not gonna look as good, okay? And like I said earlier, you don't need alkalinity um, to refresh ends unless you're brightening or lightening them. Um, it's just gonna cause more structural damage in the long run. So if you're using the same bowl of color um, with that red and copper on the roots or the red and brown at the roots and you pull it through on the ends, you're gonna get a brown out, you're gonna create excess damage on the ends and it's going to look very different than the color at the roots. I hope this is making sense. I hope this is making sense. Because likely what you should do, depends on the scenario, but most likely you need to take out the neutral for the ends and just refresh whatever tone, whatever the tone is, whether it's gold, whether it's ash, whether it's red, whether it's copper. You don't need the brown because you're not covering any gray and you don't need to go same level at the root. You might want to go a little bit lighter so that you just refresh so that you're just depositing a little bit of tone, a little bit of vibrancy. Okay, um, because what can happen is those ends are likely dry and they're porous and you use the same formula, it's going to appear darker. It's going to look kind of not cute. 
Okay, so the solution there is to use two different formulas. I know it's annoying if you've been using the same bowl and it's working for you. Cool, keep doing it. But if your clients keep coming back and their ends are more and more faded, you're pulling alkaline color through those ends. You're doing opening and closing the hair, right? For lack of a better word, you're expanding, constricting, expanding, constricting, causing structural damage. How is it going to hold on to the color at that point? So all in all, I hope that this, these points gave you a little bit of perspective on what's causing the hot root issue in the first place. And then what you can do to kind of help alleviate, uh, figure out what went wrong and then shift it for the next time. So it happens a lot. Hot roots happen a lot. And I think this is why a lot of colorists are afraid of permanent color. But when you fully understand the hair, the chemicals, and the laws, I'm telling you, it, it unlocks, it clicks, and then you're like, cool, I got this. So I do have a free formulation masterclass. I will put the link for that down below. Uh, we cover the three major mistakes to avoid when formulating so that you get perfect results every time. And um, just, it's basically understanding the canvas. So I give you some tips on how to understand what the canvas is going to give you. I talk about the chemicals and we talk a little bit about the laws of color. Um, it's obviously unbiased. I think it's a great uh, masterclass, tons of information. It's only an hour long. So if you're down for it, click the link below. I will put it in the description. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, please do me a favor. If you're down for it, like, and subscribe. Um, cause what happens is then YouTube will show my podcast to people who are interested. Um, and the same thing, if you're listening on Apple podcasts or Spotify or whatever the case is, if you can rate and review just to help spread the word, um, about the let's talk hair podcast, season one is coming to a close. I'm so excited for, uh, what season two has in store. I have some phenomenal ideas. So with that being said, I hope this was helpful for you. I hope it got you thinking a little bit and I hope that you're not as afraid of hot roots because there's, there's a solution, right? And when you figure out what the problem was, we can figure out the solution and then everybody's happy. So until next time, guys, thank you so much for listening. Happy hair coloring. I'll see you soon.